0: Like to Tom, that was a traditional hymn (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, I mean we do it on a regular basis He busts them out like that And it's kind of sweet It's kind of sweet Hey, it's good to see y'all I've kind of had a a little rough couple weeks here Been a little sick And I appreciate y'all praying for me Um, And, uh I'll just tell you that the, you know, so like the, the cancer's just kind of been growing a little on my liver and, and so it kind of blocked off some of the bile and, and it backs up so I get jaundice and they're trying to fix it. I had a stent. I might need another one um, or something a little different. But uh, and, and so, you know, I was, I was sitting out on my deck this morning kind of praying about this and thinking. You know, I'm almost like this kind of, I don't know, the stain color, Josh, but it's like almost like this cedar tone (laughs) color. It's like, you know, it's kind of cool, actually. You match your deck, and, you know, you don't really have any tan lines, and it's just like, wow, this is not a bad thing, you know, just. um, But hopefully, hopefully that kind of clears, because it's basically just poison backing up in your body, and so I've been just kind of working through that, and marcia has been a good trooper through it. Uh, and and as we're looking at this I was, bill was totally willing to to take this week I asked him last week. I was supposed to go and then we traded and I felt okay, and and so uh, um, You know I trust that this is what God has for us um, You know uh, Claire's moving back our daughter Claire and Cody and and so she sent us a, a joke that to her sisters and it kind of got me thinking about what we're going to talk about today Kind of one of the areas we get stuck a lot And uh, and, and the, the joke was just, you know, the difference between a piano And a fish and a pot of glue You guys know that? Okay, well, it's just that you can tune a piano But you can't tune a fish, right? And that's an old joke, there used to actually be a uh, album by that name years ago, okay. And uh, so you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Does anything else bother you about that joke? What's the glue? See, I knew you'd get stuck on that. Ah, 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 ah. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> you know what's really funny is he'll ask the same thing next service. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. That's good. Uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're really talking about something today, though, that I think we always get stuck on. And uh, it's this issue of, of pride, uh, flesh, uh, self, uh, the kind of things that it just seems like we're always stumbling over. And, and there's like these really simple, not easy, but simple solutions to so many of our problems. And yet so often we don't want to deal with that and so we kind of end up coming back over and over and over dealing with the same things And so uh, we've been looking at the book of esther and it's really kind of a story about pride and about uh, humility and father we just come to you this morning and and just uh, lay this this time at your feet and um, God I just pray that you would speak to us by the power of your spirit I know uh, when we're weak you're strong and I know that you're the one who deserves all glory and honor and praise. And I, and I just pray that that would be the case today, that we would leave thinking about you and that you would just be exalted in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you, you know, you've been with us through the kind of the story of Esther, um, this was the Persian Empire. It was kind of the largest empire of the world at the time. and covered 127 different providences. Uh, 485 B.C. Ahasuerus or Xerxes, same guy, became king over the emperor. And so at the time of the Esther was written, the Jews were in exile. It had been probably 100 years since they had been exiled. Uh, God's chosen people were spread all over. Jerusalem had fallen. But as we've seen over and over and over, even though God's name is not mentioned in the book, his his fingerprints are everywhere, and he has not forgotten his chosen people. And uh, if you're know, just catch up with the story Um, Ahasuerus was the king Uh, Haman was his top guy Uh, Haman was uh, a a bad guy and he hated the Jewish people and he hated specifically Mordecai who uh, was outside the palace to begin and uh, Esther was chosen as queen and she had been raised by Mordecai who was Jewish and so Haman tried to kill all the Jews uh, because he hated Mordecai and because through history his people had hated the Jews and so Esther comes in with Mordecai and they kind of save her people we've also been looking at this not only historically but also as this allegory this picture to kinda of catch it and, uh, and I think we have a slide of the allegory um, story but basically what you find in the allegory is that uh, Ahasuerus the king represents um, He represents the soul of a person okay the soul maybe it's not going to come up That's okay Ahasuerus is the soul you got to get these things in your in your mind And so the soul is your mind your will your emotions and what the soul Decides impacts the kingdom which represents the body okay Uh, Mordecai represents the Holy Spirit Haman represents the flesh or even more powerfully behind that the sin nature uh, the driving force behind the flesh And so we kind of get these pictures of e- Esther represents the uh, human spirit under the influence of the, uh, the Heavenly under the influence of really the Holy Spirit, okay? And so last time we're in Esther chapter 7 uh, Bill kind of picked it up in Esther 9 and we're just going to kind of bridge the stories together uh, the title of this message is uh, this 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 title is really is part two wanted dead and alive Okay part two and basically uh, Last time what we found out was that uh, in Esther chapter 7 the uh, the process had happened where You know the king had this dream that Mordecai had saved him and he had never honored Mordecai so he had Haman who was the top guy in the kingdom Come in and he asked Haman to honor Mordecai and Haman of course was totally humiliated As he was forced to lead Mordecai through the city And uh, he honored Mordecai and, um, and then what happened was Esther uh, Had decided that if she perished, she perished She kind of gave up all hope for her own life uh, To save her people because if you went before the king and he didn't extend his scepter Then you would be killed and so she was willing to do that. So finally she gets up the, uh, the, the Prayers and the time and waits a few days and she goes before the king and says uh, And the king welcomes her and says, what do you want? And Esther says, I want to have a banquet with you and with Haman the, the, the Wicked guy, okay? And uh, and so the king and Esther and Haman have a banquet and he says, what do you want up to have your kingdom? I'll give it to you and she says, well, let's wait one more day God's timing and So they wait one more day. They have this other banquet um, And it gives Haman time to prepare this gallow and what happens then is that the banquet Esther Exposes Haman Because what Haman, Haman had done is issued a decree throughout all the kingdom that at a certain day in December All the Jewish people were to be annihilated they were all to be wiped out and, and Esther Pointed that out to the king. But that would also include her, his queen. And although she hadn't revealed that before, it was the, the case. And so that was kind of the process where uh, <laughs> the king was upset and uh, he walked out of the room and Haman came on. He's, he's begging for his life. And the king says, Away with him, puts him in the gallows, and he kills Haman. Okay? And so that's kind of the, the picture of Esther chapter seven is Haman, we leave and he's dead. Now remember, Haman kind of represents the flesh in our allegory and the power behind the flesh, the nature of sin, really self, this unredeemed self, okay? Uh, really against the things of God. So Haman, he's whining and he's threatening and he's begging and he's screaming and he's sobbing and he's arguing, but it's off to the gallows. And he is impaled on a pole, and he's exposed, and he's He's dead Now you got to realize you never feel sorry for the flesh. Okay, never feel sorry for the flesh The flesh the sin nature is against the things of God always it has to be killed So Ahasuerus uh, Ends up Representing the soul of man ends up um, choosing to have Haman killed and the sin nature of the flesh represented by Haman is killed So guess what now Haman no longer can impact the body Which can no longer impact the kingdom, right? Uh, Esther's saved by grace, but but there's no way that he can have an impact anymore uh, The wrong man had been able to influence the king and And now he was out of the picture And That's really what happens to believers when we come to faith in Christ when we have this conversion experience That old man that old self Is crucified with Christ and God does it all by his grace Simply requires us to come to him in humility uh, self-forgetfulness and surrender to him and Really that's what Paul Kind of pounds home as he goes through the New Testament in the book of Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? You see God says You died to sin believer when you came to Christ That's what God says And our pride says Well, that can't be true That can't be true. I Still sin. I still mess up. I still feel the same. I still think the same way I still do the same stupid things That can't be but you know what God says you died to sin when you came to Christ now your body obviously didn't die right Your soul your mind and your will your choices and your emotions didn't die Uh, You were by nature children of wrath because of sin, but now the Holy Spirit comes in and you're made completely new So before we were converted before we come to know Christ if you had never trusted Christ as your Savior um, You're just under the influence of sin we all are that's just the way it is on this earth because of our Great, 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 great Adam and Eve sin, okay? And their pride, and it leads to our pride. But after conversion, after we come to Christ, the old self dies. You were a sinner. You deserved to die. You did die. And you received what you deserved in your substitute, Jesus Christ. And you became one with him. Now, isn't that just cool? I mean, we look at that and we think that is just amazing. And yet we have the hardest time getting past that and we get stuck here so often And we struggle here so often But your old life is finished. You have a new life in God that has begun Haman is dead In our story Mordecai is moving into the palace. We'll see And now the king can be influenced by Mordecai So what did he do? Just died to his old ways of self and pride and trusted Mordecai's ways. It's that simple, okay But we think but we think but what about what about what about well Haman is dead But his decree to kill the Jews is still in effect And and that's true for us we still have these patterns of the flesh we still have these patterns that have influenced our thinking we still have these 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 desires to make the same choices We've always made we've done it for years and years and years and That part of us didn't die But Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God Galatians two twenty, 20 Paul says I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live but Christ lives in me Okay, crucifixion doesn't like produce extreme suffering. It produces death. Okay, to be crucified is to die We were designed for life in the spirit not in the flesh. We were designed to be dependent on Christ We're designed to abide in Christ. Okay, so that's kind of a long runway But it kind of gives you a sense of where we're going and so if you have your Bibles open to Esther chapter 8 Esther chapter 8 And the very first thing I want us to catch is that God is in control. We say that a lot, but just catch that Esther chapter 8 verse 1 says on that day Okay You go back and you realize they hanged Haman on the gallows Okay, which he had prepared for Mordecai the king's anger subsided So on that day King Ahasuerus gave the house of Haman the enemy of the Jews to Queen Esther and to Mordecai and Mordecai came before the king for Esther had disclosed what he was to her right he had raised her and the king took off his signet ring it's like his his power his corporate charge his ability to to stamp any document in the king's name he took off that signet ring which he had taken away from Haman and he gave it to Mordecai and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman you see god was in control now now realize that that's how things are going to ultimately work out. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is going to reign. Ultimately, everything else is going to fall away. It's just the way it is. I've read the book. You've read the book. Right? That's how it goes. And 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 God is in control. So now Mordecai's in the palace, and now in your lives, Mordecai represents the Holy Spirit in our allegory. In your lives, the Holy Spirit is with you. Now pride says that you're in control Pride says you're in control and that's where we get stuck (laughs) Pride goes before destruction right a haughty spirit before stumbling James says though humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord And he'll exalt you you still have choices you can choose good or worthless as a believer And you might not like this, but there's only one truly good and that's God uh, you search through Scripture, you find the word Agathos, God. He's the one who's pure goodness, true goodness, complete goodness. So we either choose God and His way, uh, or ultimately, it's worthless. Even though we might think it looks good, think it sounds good, think it feels good, okay, but in the scope of eternity, there's an ultimate worthless to it. So King Ahasuerus comes along. He's this powerful guy, one of the most powerful men on the earth. He can say. Thumbs up, you live. Thumbs down, you die. And he gives his his ring to, to Mordecai and yet The edicts That has been written that said all the Jews were gonna die in December were still in effect Now are you with me? Okay, so let's just let's just just think about that, okay the the the, the The edicts are still in effect And and you need to understand that Okay Even though Haman's dead The things that he had written were still in effect And the Jews were still going to be annihilated In December But the king simply said You can write new ones And that's what God does He can change any, any heart Even the heart of someone who's trying to wreck your life He can do that Maybe even be you who are trying to wreck your life. He can change your heart. So s- Just catch where we are in this allegory because if you just catch this I think it'll really help us as we as we take this next step to try and figure out how this really plays out into our impers- personal lives, okay So so just think about this before you came to faith in Christ You were under the influence of hey man, sin nature Okay, you your who you really are is your soul You'd be like the king and the decisions that you made impacted your body which impacted everything around you That's like the king impacting his kingdom All of a sudden when we surrender and we come to know Christ our Savior We're, we're all of a sudden given new life through Jesus Christ that old man dies and we become new Man is not a gender term. Okay here. It comes within us And now we have a choice to follow the Holy Spirit Okay, even though that old man is dead and there's debate about this amongst theologians and they can debate all they want But that old man is dead (laughs) You have died your life is hidden with Christ in God, okay, you have been crucified with Christ and you no longer live That's just the way it is And 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 so that's kind of where we are and so that's what's going on here. Now, all of a sudden, just picture this. Mordecai's in the palace. The king can listen to Mordecai. That can influence the kingdom, but there's still kind of all these evil impact, all these evil edicts, all these evil things that, that Haman had put into place that he still has to deal with, okay? And, and that's really the second point, is, is that evil still impacts. If you go to Esther chapter 8 verse 3 you find out the king folks again Esther spoke again to the king and she fell at his feet and she said um, Implored him to avert the evil scheme of Haman the Agagite and his plot which he had devised against the Jew and So the king extends his golden scepter to Esther Esther rises stood before the king and she said well if it pleases the king if I have found favor before him and it seems proper to the king in your sight then let us revoke the laws of Haman. And basically the king says you can't do that But I've given the house of Haman of Haman to Esther to Mordecai And so they still have to deal with the evil that's in, in place. Haman's dead The edict's still in effect that Jews are going to die in December. And here's the deal Haman's pride ultimately got him killed But even the king, even Esther, couldn't save the people of God so Esther comes before the king, begging for her people. And he says, "We're." And she's like, "We're going to die." And he goes, "We'll write another edict." Catch this. There's power to overcome, and I know sometimes you don't feel like there's power to overcome, sin in your life, but there's power to overcome. And look what happens in verse nine. The king's scribes are called together in the third month on the twenty-third day. And it's written according to all that Mordecai commanded the Jews, the satraps, the governors, the providences, the princes. They extend from India to Ethiopia, 127 of them, to every province according to the script, to every people according to the language, as well as to the Jews according to their script. And he wrote in the name of the king, and he sealed it with the king's signet ring, and he sent letters by couriers on horses, riding on steeds, on a royal stub, and he said this. Verse 11. In them the king granted the Jews who were in each and every city the right to assemble and defend themselves and defend their lives to destroy to kill to Annihilate the entire army of any people or any providence which might attack them including the children and the women and to plunder to plunder their spoil and In one day all the providence of King Ahasuerus the 13th day of the 12th month a copy of the edict is issued As law in each and every province and it's published so that the Jews could be ready to avenge their Enemies and the couriers went out and they passed that all the way through the whole land and So all of a sudden instead of being under this this negative Law that says they're all gonna die they're all celebrating because now they have hope now all of a sudden It's almost like instead of being under this law. that's gonna put them to death now. They've been given grace They've been given an opportunity to defend themselves and they're able to overcome evil and they're able to overcome sin and they're able to overcome and it's the same for every single one of us who trust Christ as our savior and look what happens what God does the humble get to be exalted verse 15 Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white and a large crown of gold a garment of fine linen purple the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced For the Jews there was a light and gladness and joy and honor and in each and every province in each and every city Where the king's commandment and his decrees had arrived There was joy for the Jews and many among the people of the land became Jews for the dread of the Jews had fallen on them And and so they're just celebrating and and that's really where Bill picked this up last week as we traded weeks And and he went on and he talked about how the Jews defended themselves It was self-defense and they didn't even touch the plunder, okay? How do you do that? You do that by self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit It's by inner strength, okay? It's by God's strength living through you And Christ lives within you. you don't even desire that Now here's what I want us to get as we go forward I just, I just been just praying That we can overcome this area that we get stuck on so often Haman had ten sons there's always going to be sons, guys, okay? There's always going to be the impact of evil, always. Remember Goliath? He's going out—David's going out to fight Goliath. He takes five stones because Goliath has four brothers, right? And, uh, and, and so there's always going to be that. And some of the language experts, of the, uh, the Persian language, claim that every uh, name of the ten sons of Haman contained the word self. Okay now I I don't know if that's true I I haven't had time to really study that But I tell you what I wouldn't doubt if it's true Maybe pushing the allegory Wouldn't doubt if it's true But you know what? Here's the deal We all know And I don't think I'm pushing it at all That we all know That when you think about your flesh When you think about your unredeemed part of yourself uh, Like you think about these sons of Haman It is about yourself It is about self you see, for a non-Christian, the flesh is the things you do in your own strength. For a Christian, it's when we're not abiding; it's when we're worried about ourselves. It's like our personal kind of techniques uh, to get our whatever needs we think we need met apart from Christ. And generally, there's three areas of the flesh that we deal with: the area of sex, area of religion, the area of human relationships. And if you struggle to understand what flesh is, this, you know, may help. Okay, and I'll just give you a little picture self-pity Never feel self-pity how about self-righteousness how about self-sufficiency How about being self-indulgent How about being self-assertive How about having selfish ambition? How about self-justification? How about self-exaltation? How about just having a low opinion of yourself? You know what that is? Pride. Yeah, a low opinion of yourself is just pride. You're thinking about yourself. It's not humility. Humility is self-forgetfulness. And so when you start thinking about self, and you start clicking through all these things, you know what you think about? Welcome to our world. Those are all the things we're taught we should have. Those are all the things that we, we're taught are essential for us to be able To excel and to get ahead But I'm telling you what To have victory in this life Self must die And it's the opposite of everything we're taught That's why we get stuck on it Self must die And I got some good news for you It has died It has Die. It has died Isn't that cool? Esther came Willing to go before the king if I perish I perish She's willing to die And only God pulls it off Kind of it made me think of the things that only God can do There's so many of them I was reading Daniel this week As I was just kind of reading through uh, the Bible as I just I read through the Bible uh, on a regular basis And, uh, and and Daniel this is those first six chapters. I'm thinking well only God can show you what someone else dreamed and Then give you the interpretation and then let you know that that's kind of going to be the history of the world's powers Only God does that Only God rescues you from a burning furnace that kills all those guys who are throwing you into it Only God tells you to tell the most powerful man on earth that he's gonna live like a beast eat grass And then ultimately he'll be restored to power when he humbles himself before God. Only God uses the fingers of a man's hand, suspended in air to tell you that your reign is over. Only God closes the lion's mouth. Only God can become a man to die. Only God tells Nicodemus, the, the religious leader of the day, that you have to be born again to have life. You have to die to have life. Only God can be crucified And rise from the dead And then still live You see we can dress up corpses We can make them look good For the funeral We can make it look presentable But only God can bring a corpse to life And he has Now the question you get to chase today Is will you believe him Will you believe him Galatians chapter 5 I just want to Leave you with some scripture Let you chew on that This week Galatians chapter 5. It's kind of a long section of scripture I'm just going to kind of summarize it verse 16 through 26 Just write it down Galatians 5 16 through 26 explains this And, and I want to show you how you overcome the flesh because guess what that old man is dead So you want to know how you do it Paul tells us in 5:16. I say walk by the Spirit you will not carry out the desires of the flesh did you catch that? You want to overcome the flesh? Do you try harder? Do you work at improving? Okay, I mean, I, I, do you do all kinds of challenging things? No. You walk by the Spirit, then you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. The flesh, that's its desire against the Spirit. The Spirit is against the flesh. They're in opposition to one another. Okay, but you're led by the Spirit. You're not under the law. And then he goes through and he talks about some of those big areas, right? The deeds of the flesh are evident. He talks about sexual immorality and idolatry, worshiping things, putting other things that are good things as ultimate things instead of God and strife and jealousy and outbursts of anger and envy and carousing and all these things. It's not an exhausting list. and I'm sure none of those things apply to any of you. Um, But he goes on and he says, just as I forewarned you, those who practice those things, not not this word practice means not occasionally sin, but habitually practice, like your golf swing, like you're trying to get really, really, really good at envying, okay? You're not gonna inherit the kingdom of God. Because as a believer, if Christ lives in you, your ultimate objective is not to try and really get good, 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 good at being greedy. Okay? And and the three general areas you struggle with the flesh or with sex, with religion, with human relationships. And then all of a sudden, on the other side of the coin, you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. And Paul says, you want to overcome the flesh, you walk in the Spirit. And you know, there's all kinds of deeds of the flesh, and so we can focus on that, and so often, that's what we do. I think that's why we get stuck. We say, well, right now, I'm struggling with this particular Area of the flesh, this particular area of my selfish nature, my selfish way that's trying to get my needs met, and I'm going to try and overcome my jealousy or my envy, or I'm going to try and overcome, you've got your list. We all have our lists. But there's only one way to overcome it, it's walk in the Spirit, and there's only one fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. The fruit of the Spirit. All those attributes are linked together love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so God wants to give us this really simple thing I didn't say easy, really, really, really simple way to overcome sin Walk in the Spirit Okay, how does a branch bear fruit? By struggling to get sunshine and air and water and rain By trying to overcome all the things that could hurt a branch uh, By trying to get the leaves to be just the right color at just the right time By trying to be so beautiful But no, it just simply abides in the vine And you see this spontaneous growth That's our role As Christians, as we put our thoughts on Christ As we abide in Him All of a sudden this fruit shines through our lives And guess what happens at the same time? We don't carry out the deeds of the flesh Okay? Now (laughs) I should quit, but I'm going to... I'm not gonna quit yet second service. I might quit I get Okay, I just can hang with me for a couple more minutes because I think there's this picture that I just got this That I've just been running through my head that I think it's is just helpful for us to get these things Okay, and in 2nd Kings chapter 5 there was this this incredible guy named Naaman Who was this great captain of the army of the king of Aaron and he was highly respected everybody loved him The Lord had blessed him in every way, but he had leprosy. He's this valiant warranty Valent warrior, but he had leprosy. And so there was a servant girl that said, Well, just go to, to, to Israel and they'll hear your, your leprosy. So he's like, Awesome. And so the king of Aram sends him down to Israel to the king of Israel and says, Hey, here's a bunch of silver and gold. Heal this guy of leprosy. <laughs> and the king of Israel's like, Freaking out, right? And he's like, Are you kidding me? I'm not God. I can't do that. And, uh, but it happened. That Elijah the man of God heard that and He heard that the king was upset and so he said why have you torn your clothes king? Just let him come over and talk to me and He'll know that there is a prophet in Israel so Naaman this great warrior Comes with his horses and with his chariots and he stands at the doorway of Elijah, right? And 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 you get this picture right he's coming to this place. He's got all this this just pomp and circumstance and wealth and he's gonna survive he's gonna prosper and he's coming He's gonna do he's willing to do anything to be healed So he comes before this place and, and you know what Elijah does he sends out a messenger does not even go see him. Okay. He sends out a messenger and he says I'll oh, go wash in the Jordan River seven times in your flesh And it'll be restored to you and you'll be healed. You'll be clean and You know what Naaman was? ticked off right He's ticked off. He's furious and he went away and he said behold. I thought he would surely come out He would surely stand before me. He would call on the name of the Lord his God He would call out God. He would wave his hand over the place and he's gonna cure me Right. We got all kinds of rivers in our country. Who's gonna do that? <laughs> right and but one of his servants said You know father if if he had told you to do some great thing would you have not have done it how much more than that he says just go wash and be clean why don't you do it so he goes down he dips in the jordan seven times and guess what according to the word of the man of god his flesh is restored like the flesh of a little child and he's clean you see here's the deal god says walk in the spirit you will not carry out the desires of the flesh simple we say wait a minute We need something more than that We need something greater than that Okay You want me to overcome my sin My struggle My past Tell me to go crawl up and down that mountain 15 times And eat dirt for a week And and then I'll say I can't do that anyway Just be frustrated I can't ever overcome this This is too simple You know how you overcome the flesh? It's been done You just believe You just believe That's what Paul was telling us in the book of Ephesians He said you did not learn Christ that way If indeed you have heard about Christ If you have been taught in Him just this truth in Jesus In reference to your old self that you lay aside that old self Which is being corrupted And according to the lusts of the seed, That you be renewed in the spirit of the mind You put on your new self in the likeness of God And all those things are past tense It's all past tense. You learn about Christ, past tense. You heard about Christ, past tense. You've been taught about Christ, past tense. You laid aside your old self, past tense. Haman's dead, okay? You put on your new self, past tense. Mordecai's in the palace. Here's your job. Renew your mind to the truth. That's why Paul writes this whole book of Romans about salvation, 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 and about grace, and he gets to Romans chapter 6, and he says, The very first thing he wants you to do, consider yourself dead to sin, alive to God in Christ. Put it in your mind. The battle's for your mind. So as we land this thing, just come back and think about that allegory. You know, from the beginning of the story of Esther, all the way till the end, after Esther becomes queen, the only thing that really changes is Mordecai's in the palace, Haman's out. He's dead. Now the king can decide to listen to and to surrender to Mordecai's leading, or he can do what he's always done and follow the ways of Haman and his sons And that's your choice today You can either do what you've always done Try and overcome your shortcomings by your own power Or you can realize that Jesus Christ has already done it And every time you start struggling with whatever that deed of the flesh is You take your eyes off of yourself and you think about Jesus Christ And you rely on Him, and you trust Him, and it will change your life Please stand Father, I I just pray I just pray For each person in this room right now, sweet, sweet people who love you, who want to know you And I pray God that you would just overwhelm them with a sense of your your spirit, with your power I pray for those who don't know you as Savior, that this was the day they would surrender to you. That they would become new. I pray that if there's this struggle going on in their spirit, that you would realize it's a deception from the evil one. That they are holy and righteous and pure and forgiven. They're your saints because of Jesus Christ. He's paid for it all. He's done it all. And God, I pray as we leave this place, that we would simply abide we would simply rest we would simply stay in the vine that we would simply walk in your spirit and not carry out the deeds of the flesh because of what you have done for us live your life through us and just impact this world in mighty ways for your glory in jesus name amen god bless y'all thanks